Welcome to The Crunch with Crib Creative. I'm Jess, and each week we're going to be diving into the stories of some of Perth's best agents and business people, how they got where they are, and what they learned along the way. Welcome to a special edition of The Crunch, recorded live at RE Bar Camp 2018. This episode features Shane Beaumont discussing how to create urgency in a tough market. Today, uh, I've been asked to talk a bit about, I guess, uh, one of my subjects was talking about creating urgency in a tough market. Um, again, a lot of people I haven't met, but I'll just give you a bit of background to it, where I'm from and how I've come about being here today. So, basically, I've been in the industry about uh, 11, 12 years now. Um, the game's changed a lot, as a couple of the guys have spoken about. I came in the industry um, as a, on a genman system, basically, which was heavy prospecting, which uh, I was very lucky. Uh, my first year, um, through being locked in a room and calling, um, I sold 72 properties my first year. And then I had to reinvent myself because I went from getting up to sort of 600, 800,000 gross commission. And then people stopped getting landlines, which probably most people know now, they're not getting them. So I had to, I guess, look at an attraction marketing, marketing system, which I'm starting to now. Um, so I just want to talk a bit about how I've failed and I guess tried to learn and adapt to where we're at today. Um, basically, I've been at one residential now for eight years. Um, I work predominantly in the Gosnells area, um, which or South East Corridor, but as mentioned, I've got a lot of previous clients from all over Perth, which we sell all over. Um, can, just as a hands up, how many people are actual sales reps in here? Or in sales, okay. So how many people would see more than five people per home open on the weekend at the moment? Would you say a, a fifth? Yeah, three? Would you say more than three? Okay, so the last 12 months I've sold 92 properties. I average less than one person per home open. So when you're going through home opens and you think signs out and the no one rocks up, they're the calls I have to make every Saturday afternoon. All right? So first of all, I just want to talk about a few little tips. I get on my Instagram, I'm not sure if people have seen it, but I get a lot of younger reps just starting out asking for little tips. Pretty basic. I think real estate, we can complicate it. So I just want to talk about a few little things that have helped me a lot. First of all, um, prospecting is everything for me. So basically, AM for me is growing the business. And you've probably heard this before with my coach, Tom Panos, um, some other great coaches. But maintaining business is in the afternoon. That's for me. But everyone has their own way of dealing with it. For me, morning is imperative. I get shit done early. So I go ugly early, 10 before 10. So these are tips, I guess, if you want to write down little things that I think are important. The worst calls you need to make have to happen before 10. If you've got a finance falling over, a structural issue, there's no point making it three in the afternoon because it will procrastinate and affect your mind the whole day. So go ugly early, 10 before 10. The other thing I think is really, really important is a set of these if you're a prospector. These are, without a doubt, it's my fourth set in six months. Um, not because they wear out, because I lose them. But these are so important. So one of the best investments you can make are these, okay? Get, get a pair. Ear pods. Yeah? It's not dental floss. Everyone thinks it's dental floss. But, um, it's actually ear pods, all right? I, I, when I prospect, one thing I do not do, it's imperative, I do not have my laptop open when I'm prospecting. Purely, it's calls. For me, each day, I've got the biggest excuse I hear from people, I don't know who to call. This file for me, every day is updated with my last three years appraisals all my clients, everything I need, to, what's on the market, um, Duke, I guess, past client, follow-up calls. There's no way in the world that there should ever be a situation you have no one to call. Um, and it's really, really important that because when you're looking for a reason to stop prospecting, that's the one that always comes up. Calls are on your desk the day before. 
So you don't come in the office and then print it off. You will lose time, you'll find reasons, you'll do write-ups. Um, and I think when you're starting out, you have the beauty where you don't have that many listings to look after. There's no excuse for not locking in that time. If you had a funeral, you'd be at the funeral. Prospecting is no different. So I think a lot of people get the call and they go, oh, I'm at the front. And buyers have learnt, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but buyers have learnt how to get a real estate agent excited. Oh, I'm flying in, I'm flying out tomorrow night back to site, I need to get through the property. All these things, we don't know it's bullshit. And I've never had someone actually say, I'm at the property now, I need to get through and buy a home. But they're things they try. So you've got to lock out that time, protect it. The moment you start infiltrating that, it's like weeds in a garden. You'll do it again, you'll do it again. So keep whatever time your prospecting is, sacred. All right? um, another thing that I think is really, really important at the moment, um, and I'm just talking through these tips and then we'll get a nitty gritty. Owners' expectations. Um, can anyone guess what the biggest complaint about real estate agents is? That's it. They never, they never hear back from you. They don't call. So what we've managed to put in place, I've managed to put in place, is basically a client expectation sheet, the time of listing. So that is, when do you want to hear from me? How often? And, this is, and they're setting it. So when you, they say, I haven't heard from you or what have you, they understand the parameters of what they want. Because the school teacher is probably not going to want to be called three times a day to hear what's happening. They're probably going to text. Whereas a, someone that's a stay-at-home mum, she might have a different expectation. So each listing, rather than just having this generic flow, set up the expectations from the start of what that client wants um, and how often they want to hear from you. So my clients, every Monday, get a full report. If they want to hear from me five times a week, they'll hear. It's up to them. What typically happens in the first few, five, say, two or three weeks, you earn the trust and they say, Shane, I know what you're doing. Now just let me know what's happening. But you've earned the brownie points. Very, very, very important. Um, desk. Another thing, if you haven't got a strong database, I think for a lot of people get caught up in not having um, a database of buyers. Okay, uh, My area, 50% of my sales are first home buyers, so typically they don't have anything else to sell. I know you hear a lot of, I guess, great trainers where they say, you know, show day was home open day, but as you can imagine, putting my best three-piece suit on, I'm seeing no one, it's not going to work that well. So we've got to find other ways of being in touch with people. Does anyone have, everyone have home pass here? How many? How many? Put your hands up, just to see. Okay, HomePass, if you haven't got it, it's a free app through Domain, download it. It's a great way to communicate with your buyers quickly um, and effectively if you haven't got a buyer manager. Um, I've got a PA, an administrative PA, um, but that's a simple app which I'd be downloading straight away and it is free. Very simple to use. Speak to your Domain account manager if you haven't got it. Um, clicking, what you, what you measure you can monitor. So I have... I actually left mine in my office today, so I picked another one up. This is about 10 bucks. Basically, I don't want my laptop, so a lot of time you can count how many calls you've got. I just have this with me all day. That and earpods all day. Click how many calls are made, how many appointments set. This doesn't lie, okay? If you've made 13 appointments, uh, sorry, thir made 13 calls and you haven't seen any buyers, you've really got to analyse what is dollar productive activity. And I hear people that are starting out and they say, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. But what Michelle thinks is busy, what a first year person thinks is busy, are two different things. But if you're making 13 calls and you haven't got 30 listings, what are you doing with your time? This will not lie. Simple as that. To give you some idea with calls, I've worked it out for my calls. Each call I make, every time I get told to basically F off, it's worth the same amount as the next call that says, Shane, get out here. But if you don't make that call and you put the phone down after you get the F off, don't call me again, you're harnessed and you just stop. Okay, so just understand it's worth the same amount that call that they hang up on you as what it is, the one that converts to a deal. 
But if you don't do it, the brownie points for real estate, they don't add up, they don't work. Um, another thing, okay, the other one is we over, over flooded at the moment, I think, with a lot of coaches. Um, a lot of the coaches, and a lot of people agree here, Sydney Market, if you've seen what's going on there, you hear some of these comments and they're just talking about 30 people coming through, well, obviously it's not Netherlands, but 30 people coming through home opens. Um, my, if my biggest issue was having, I don't care what they drove, they could be on penny farthings lining up at the front of my home opens, it's not happening at the moment. So I think it's really, really important that you work out what works for you. Hear a little bit of everything, but there's no one way that's going to work out for everyone, okay? If you're not a morning person and you're not going to change to be a morning person, lock in times that you know you're most productive, but you have to lock them in. So that's some nitty gritty, um, I guess some little things that I think are really important. Um, is there any questions about those at this stage? No? All good? All right. Next one is with prospecting. Now there's three types of calls that I think are really important and if they're not one of these, you've got to wonder what you're doing. First of all, there's building rapport. Building rapport is the most important. I want to be the agent, not today. I, I actually don't enjoy getting called from my marketing or my social media. I, get, I get, enjoy getting a call from Mrs. Jones, who has no interest in selling for three years, because I know that come that three years, I'm the only one that every quarter, let her know what's happening. Every sale on that street, text her, let her know what's happening. Every time I had her open on her street, she heard from me. If you go in thinking that the business starts today, people feel like an ATM. It's simple as that. You go to an ATM, there's no thank you, take your money and move on. The best calls, in my opinion, are the rapport building, not so much the ones looking for that appointment. So you need the brownie points. Uh, it's very fair. If you do all the brownie points when it comes to three years' time, if you call them every quarter when you say you're going to, you remember when she had her kittens and they decided to keep one because Sally loved one, those sort of things, they're brownie points that go a long way to earning you the business. Very, very important. So that's a rapport, brownie points, I call them. Number two is the data cleanout. We all know you go through your data and you actually call these people that you know and you sort of hope that they're going to do something, but after a while you start to go, you know what, these people have been saying the same thing, same thing. Make a call, make a call on that because what it takes is all those calls you make, if there's 50 of those each week you're calling, it's toxic. It starts to breed and you go, hang on, these people don't want to do business with me, so make a call. There's no point watering weeds, that's my opinion. You're not going to always get it right, but you need to make definitive answers. The last one is the appointment set. So appointments are always easier when you've built rapport. So when I get a call quite often with our marketing, which I'll talk about soon, they actually know who I am. I don't know them because I don't know everyone in the area. But typically, I'll give you an example of appraisal or sale we got this week. Three years ago, another agent sold it from my database at the end of the month. They actually, every month, they received, sorry, every quarter received an update and an anniversary letter. I didn't sell the property. That person, I asked them when I went back there, they said, Shane, you don't know me. I live in Kalgoorlie. I've been getting your updates. Can you sell my home? I asked them after I listed it. I said, did you hear from the agent that sold them? They didn't hear once. And then they expect, and I got a, got a call saying, oh, Shane, you got that business because that person didn't harvest it. They just expected the business to come back. For young reps, there's never going to be a better opportunity to intercept the market. Michelle's been five years. What used to take... 15 years of building rapport you can do so quickly um, and I've noticed that because I was going back from 800 back to 400 back to over a million gross commission because I went back to basics. I when I changed over from a prospecting model, the chase and then I went to marketing but I stopped the chase. You can't have both. You have to keep up the hard work. If you do both, that's where the magic happens. But too many people do fantastic videos, market updates, beautiful high gloss magazine but there's no, there's no rapport behind it. 
So it's very important you do both. Would you agree? Yep. Social media. Um, and again, did anyone here ask about prospecting? Anything in particular? No? I'll ask questions then too. Social media, you've got to understand that if you're going to be social media present in community, it, uh, Peter Gilchrist talks about this, you wouldn't, at a three-year-old's birthday, you wouldn't go up and say, halfway through their, halfway through cutting cut, go, excuse me guys, I've just listed an absolute peach of a three-by-one. Um, it's coming to market next week. Uh, if you're interested, I'll be waiting in the foyer. Happy to give you details. Because it's, it's inappropriate. So if you're going to be, if you're going to go down the social media route, the moment you lose authenticity is when you want something in return. You've got to give content and be embracing. So a lot of people see competitions, and we're all guilty of it, sort of getting more followers. Followers mean shit. If, because I've got some of my best clients that some of my competition are sharing their competitions. So it's what I'm giving to them that actually resonates. A night at Crown's fantastic if you win it, but what are you doing? Am, am I giving you insight to why I love the area, the type of person? So when I walk through, and again, these people I haven't met, they're like, Shane, how are you going? Because they know that I'm involved with this, I'm involved with that. At no point I've asked for anything in return. So my social media I run is called Lost Gosnells. I do not speak about, if you want to follow it, you can. You, you'll see some really old photos. But nothing on there is about real estate, really. But I promote local businesses. Um, for free because they don't, a lot of the older businesses, unlike better areas or more affluent areas, aren't media savvy with that stuff. So I'm going around doing videos uh, for all them. I pay for the boost. I pay for absolutely everything. And they're over the moon. But it's not because I want to get business from it. I want to be immersed in the community. Okay? So there's a very important thing. If you're going down the community route, don't try and sell them things because you lose, I guess the dick pics is probably to the extreme, but it's the same thing. Okay? Another thing I think is really important, I noticed, um, sorry, I have a bit of beer. <laughs> I noticed with Gavin Rubenstein being just huge, everyone knows Gavin Rubenstein, he's become the Frederick of Australia, and I've seen all these vid videos come through, and basically there's people trying to be Gavin Rubenstein on $400,000 properties. There's no synergy. There's Gavin Rubenstein, be yourself. So a lot of the time, I, I understand people want to be like successful people, but there's a hell of a lot of guys in Sydney that are very basic guys writing double Gavin, I can tell you right now, that are who they are. So be you. There's no point being someone else because you're just going to be false. And people see it. If you drive a Lamborghini in your video, but you're driving an Astra, it's just, there's no synergy. So be real. People, they'll enjoy it. I'm telling you right now. And you know what? People that I know that can afford Ferraris don't necessarily have them. So that perception that you have to have flash things in the three-piece suit, if your area means that you wear a polo and jeans, they want to be with you, not a three-piece suit. Be who you are, okay? Um, most of my clients, if they're seeing someone in a suit, they're going for a job interview or they're in court. That's reality. <laughs> so why, why would I, why would I actually, so when I walk in the suit and I've got, you know, all this sort of stuff, it's overawing. So I think get to where you're at um, and be adaptable, okay? That's my opinion. That's one thing I've noticed. Giving content, again, always giving. So I'm not sure if anyone's seen my social media with, we did a press conference recently. Um, we're doing that stuff because every time I went online, um, and I follow other agents for some silly reason, um, but I see people going, this is the market update, and this, and percentages, and that. Now, I feel like, and I went to a seminar the other night talking about finances, something separate, and I didn't come away knowing anything. It was just sitting on the fence. So if you know what you know, I don't want to hear about 3%, but I want to know buyer's attitudes. I want to know what... 
what's popular in the marketplace at the moment? What are the comments that sellers are asking, talking about? Because it's relevant. 3% on whatever means nothing. So give them content they're going to understand, okay? Um, it's not the financial review. It's, it's just want to know what's happening. We're not surgeons, we're real estate agents, all right? Followers I've spoken about, follow, a lot of people get caught up on how many followers you have. If you're present in your marketplace, the fact I've only got 900 followers on my real estate page because not everyone wants to be seeing my real estate. But I've given them permission. If they are following me, they're going to see some real estate content. It's no coincidence that when I put a photo up of just sold, I get three likes. I put a photo up of the bridge in 1943 with a horse and cart going over it. I wake up to 150 comments, people talking about it. And then I get calls from people saying, Shane, you don't know me, but I'd love for you to share this because my mum used to own this shop. That's building rapport. That's, you're doing it, you're paying it forward. You're not asking for anything in return, okay? And once you start to do that, it's amazing how it turns. I really, really, really believe that. Selling to your vendors. Um, social media, obviously you spoke a bit about social media with uh, embracing it into your marketing. If you're not in putting social media, and I hear this all the time from agents in my area, they say to owners, oh, social media doesn't work. And I look at what they've done, they've never done it. So how, if, now this is what I say to my clients, if I stood out the front with a pizza box and the property's worth 400,000, the pizza box said for sale 200,000, unless the person over the road's gonna buy it, how do we know it's a bargain? As simple as that. Unless he over the road is going to buy it. So why would, you, real estate's no different. If you only put things on realestate.com, you're gonna get buyers that are in the market, which are aggressive buyers. They have to buy for certain reasons. Social media is about leaving the absolute extreme that there's anyone in your area that's looking for a three by one that didn't know they could have the granny flat set up at the back or side access because they've got motorbikes. That's leaving no stone unturned. But if you just put on realestate.com, put a home open out the front, you might as well be purple bricks. That's my opinion, okay? You need to be a modern day agent and putting the owners, I say to my owners, if you want an agent that can do this, I'll give you five numbers and they'll do that for you. But it's not what I'm interested in, as I say. Seeing less than one person at a per home open can be quite demoralising. Home open numbers versus data. If anyone wants to ask any, just put your hand up and I'm happy to stop. If you put up, um, cool, if you put up uh, one of these sheets, so you can imagine after a whole sad day of home opens, I'll go back to back. Um, sometimes I have to say we've had no one through. But when I sit down on a Monday, I actually send my report through, I will speak to the owners and say, look, we had no one through that home open. Now typically, they would think there's no interest, is that right? Okay, so if you had no one through, we had no one through on the weekend. Okay, that's great. Monday night comes, so this is just an example of a property. I've had to analyse data because I don't see anyone on the weekends. I literally see tumbleweed, it's unbelievable. So this particular property, this is not in my area, I just want to give you an example. So anyone says we haven't got interest, it's bullshit. You've actually got to analyse data because that's where it's going. This property, after 15 days, has had 2,480 property views, okay? Plus social media. They've had 182 people save it, okay? So they're interested. You don't, most, just so you know, unless you set an account up, you can typically only save five properties in realestate.com. So they're interested. Then you've got people that actually inquire. My ratio, I need a three to one ratio from saves to actually inquiry to know where I'm at. If I'm not getting that, something's an issue. But when you see, just say 2,480 people look at it online, and then you look here and you've got 2,417 photos looked at, that means they're looking at 10 photos each visit. They're interested, there's engagement, they've looked at the map, you've got an audience, okay? 
The next step is when you have 2,480 and you've got 5,000 photos. That's basically walking in the home. This isn't good value, I'm walking out. What you need to make your owners understand now is 10 years ago, you'd have to go to the front of the home open to go, this is shit, I don't like it, it's horrible, don't like the neighbours, and move on. We don't have that now, because they know where it is, they know how it looks, they know the school zone, so unless it's priced right, you're not gonna get people at the door. And what they do, they save, because they're sitting there watching Manu or MasterChef, whatever, and they're just waiting for price adjustments. When you're setting price, don't promise price, you need to set a process. There's no way in the world your buyer, if they had a list of five properties, your property is on that list. And any agents that are promising price, unless you're a licensed value, you shouldn't be doing it. You're employed to get the right process to get the most amount of people through that door in the shortest amount of time, because a month in real estate, in my opinion, is like six months, 10 years ago. You're getting so many people in front of it. To have 2,480 people look at a property in nine months wouldn't have happened years ago. So if you think that you haven't got interest, it just means you're not understanding the data and you need to relay to that owner, you know what, as soon as we adjust this price, it's like shaking a tree. Those 2,480 people were giving another chance and creating urgencies, making them understand it has to happen in the first four weeks. The first two weeks, if you look at any chart, doesn't matter where it is, Delkeith, Menorah, Gosnells, that chart is pretty, am I right in saying it's the same? So why would you be priced, Mr. and Mrs. Owner, correctly at day 60 when our interest is at the start. That's the sort of dialogue I think you should be having with your owners. Did you have any questions, Akris, or Cruz? Jay, how do you get people You don't. That's the whole, that's the whole thing. The price adjustment, they get notified of a price adjustment. So Mr. and Mrs. Owner, the dialogue has to be, you know you haven't had anyone through your home in two weeks. But guess what, in the last two weeks, we've had an extra 900 people look at your property. Now, they know where it is, they know the look of it, they know where the school is, why aren't they coming? It's price. If it's marketed correctly, but you can't ask for price adjustments if you stood at the front of the pizza box. You have to show that owner. 2,400 views, 700 people have saved it, 5,200 people looked at that online through our video on social media. They can't blame you, okay? You can't undersell a property if it's marketed correctly, in my opinion. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What about doing that with urgency? What about doing that with the one person the one Okay. The one per I'll just setting up to. I've only got a couple of minutes, but I'll talk about what I'm doing at the moment, um, and I don't mind sharing. So what I do every property I list, um, typically I want it to go online on a Friday night. Friday night, five o'clock, because no one else is going to be putting the admin on the weekend. So I get prime position, doesn't go, no one goes through my properties for the first five days. I've got to build urgency. As soon as I put that time on, I've got my database of buyers. Every call, Mr. Mrs. Da, 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 I know you missed out on this one, this one, this one. How about coming through five o'clock on Wednesday night? Yep, that sounds great. Then I get real busy Monday. Every one of the properties I've appraised in the last month, straight on the phone. I just appraised your property. I know we gave you a price of X amount. I'd love you to come and see this one because it's very comparable to yours and you can give me feedback how it is. The whole thing is, and the next one, is actually ringing the people on that street. Mr. and Mrs. Jones, you don't know me, but I just want to let you know, I've just listed 19 Smith Street. You're getting invited at five o'clock to come through that property on Wednesday night. I'll be there. I'd love to get your opinions. As a neighbour, if you might know someone come to the area. Always, we get eight or nine groups. Out of all those calls, eight or nine, two buyers. But the other people don't have time waste written in their forehead but we've created a buzz because typically in my area, 
lot of large families, a lot of Muslim families. Five buyers means 27 people. It's fact, okay? So if I can get that buzz, and I love rocking up, and I've got on the phone all those people, and they're going, Shane, I like the look of this. What do you think it's going to go for? They don't know those conversations are purely because they have a property similar on the corner. All they see is urgency. My job is to create urgency, not mark, tell them what their property is worth, but leave no stone unturned in making sure that buyer in the first two weeks feels there's competition. I can't do that at day 60. So you've got to have crucial conversations early in the piece to make them understand that, hey, it's a Wednesday night, five o'clock, Manu's coming on in an hour, and we've got 27 people there. If you're serious about this property, I, should I think you should make something happen. That's, we have to use other people to create urgency. You don't start an auction, obviously, if you've got one bidder, it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly right. I've been told I've got to cut up, so. Any other questions? Oh, there you go. Yep, no worries. Thanks for your time, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into The Crunch. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show, so if you'd like to share them, please email me at jess at cribcreative.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed the show and share it with anyone else you think might like it.